Hello, ghouls, and welcome to Brave the Basement. I'm your host, Ghoul That Rules. If you enjoy getting a little scared, ghost stories, haunted houses, a believer in the supernatural, or maybe even a skeptic wanting to look at things from a different perspective, then this is the show for you. Last week, uh, we had a show about my grandma's house, and I talked about some family rumors, things that I had heard growing up, and some things that I actually experienced. Uh, this week, we've got a special guest, uh, my Uncle Junior. Hey, Junior, how's it going? It's going good. Glad to be here on your show. Yeah, real excited to have you. Uh, my uncle, he grew up inside this house, and uh, he experienced some things, and so we're just going to jump straight into it. Uh, about what age did you notice anything strange going on inside this house? When I first noticed it, I was 19 years old. Uh, there was always a lot of stories, but I acknowledged it and know for sure I saw something when I was 19. So what what exactly happened when you was 19? I saw uh, a man that was dressed like he was in the 1800s. I saw a few other men outside and also a woman. Now, if you want me to tell you the whole story, it's going to be a little bit wild. Yeah, we're, we're ready. Okay, I was downstairs in a bedroom. I was down there with my girlfriend. I was on a Christmas break, and we were laying in bed, kissing, and just enjoying our company with each other. And all of a sudden, she jumped up. It literally freaked me out. She said, there's a man at the bottom of the bed. And naturally, I assumed, ah, this is nothing. I'm not going to worry about it. So I tried to calm her down. So she calmed down. We went back at kissing and stuff. Five minutes later, she jumped again. I jumped. The electric went out. You heard some big fuse sound. I looked at the bottom of the bed, and there's a guy standing there, and it freaked me out. It was a really tall guy. It looked like he had some type of dress suit on. He looked like a guy from the 1800s or something. It scared me to death. Now, I heard many stories growing up, but maybe I was too young to really acknowledge it or I didn't care. But that was my first actual experience. So did anything happen after you seen this guy, or, or did he just appear and then and go away? Or He appeared. We hit our heads for a minute, and I just was sitting there literally thinking, oh, this is odd. I just don't know what to do. We looked back up. He was gone. I got scared. I went to my dad's gun cabinet, grabbed a gun, one that I knew what it was and what shell would fit it, put it in there, and I go, I'm going to shoot somebody. So, so at this point, you're not even thinking ghosts. You're just thinking someone's inside the house. Exactly, because I'm, I'm, I'm in total denial about this ghost thing. I go to the living room. We had this big glass window. Very old-fashioned type of window. I look outside, and there's like three people standing at the window knocking. And I'm like, this is weird. I don't know what to do. And I ran outside. I go, well, I'm going to defend myself. I'm going to shoot them. So you ran outside the house. You got the gun. And you're still thinking these are just some people messing with you. You're not thinking ghosts at all at this point. Right. And I went out to the front, and there was a guy, and he turned and looked at me, and I shot point blank right in his chest. And it didn't do anything. It scared me to death. So th did the guy react at all, or did he just stand there and look at you? There was no reaction. It was like he was moving. He looked like, if I could describe it, he was human, but he had like a smoky white appearance to him. I shoot. He does nothing. And I'm like, this is so bizarre. I don't know what to think. Do, do you remember what this, what this, what he looked like? Did he have old-fashioned clothes like the man inside the house, or did he have more... 
uh, clothes for modern times. He had old-fashioned clothes on. In fact, there was three of them that I saw that I remember. And one of them had a top hat on. I remember that very well. And they had, like, dress clothes on. They looked like they jumped out of an old 1900 or, or, or late 1800s movie. And I shot at it, and I turned my head, and there's a bridge that crosses over to the park where I live, and I noticed people walking over that had that same ghostly white spirit. And I noticed that there was a female in it, and they all dressed really old. In fact, there was a woman that had an umbrella. She was holding an umbrella, if you could just imagine that, from like an old movie. Wow. That is so... So, if I'm thinking correctly... Uh, last episode, I mentioned that there's a cemetery kind of over in that area because this bridge, there's a railroad track that goes down, and there's a bridge that goes over this little valley where the railroad track sits in. Is that where they were coming from, or did it seem like they were coming more from the park? I believe they were coming from the cemetery. I don't have any evidence of uh, the house being linked to the cemetery, but I definitely think they were coming from that cemetery. There was like a curve in the way they were walking, so you could tell they were coming from that angle of the cemetery. Wow. So, now, also, I, I know that you have a story, and I've actually heard the evidence on this one. Uh, you and a friend were recording uh, some music up in, up in the bedroom in that house. And uh, before we get into the actual story, let's talk about the equipment that you were using to record. So, if, if memory serves me, you had a keyboard doing the drum drum track you were playing guitar your friend was singing i think you were doing a little background singing but the recording was being done on like old boom box right that's correct so it's not like uh we're in the studio today i got multi-track recording and i could do all sorts of things and you didn't have that capability at that time no no we had a straight cassette jam box we recorded it i was playing guitar he was singing and we would play just a fill-in drum in the background. That's all it was. Because at that time, we really weren't very knowledgeable on the equipment. So so let's go back to that that day uh, when you were recording. Do, do you know about what year that was? Yeah, as a matter of fact, that was in spring of 90, uh, 92, actually, 92. It was a year later, uh, a year and maybe three months later from the episode of what we were talking about earlier. Oh, wow, okay. So, you guys are recording a song. Go, go ahead and tell us what happened. Well, we were recording this song. You know, we're playing rock and roll, and we get about halfway through the song, and I do a guitar solo thing, and we come back after the solo, and there's like a rhythm break. And we heard something in it. It just sounded like a scratching noise, and we didn't think nothing of it. We were recording with this mono stuff, so we just kind of let it go. Back in those days when you recorded you basically accepted what it was. You know, if a dog barked outside, then you had a dog in there. But we heard this scratchy noise. And so we let we played that. We recorded it. When we played it back at that scratching point after my guitar solo in that rhythm, you heard a voice in there. Which ironic is because if you go back to the history of the house that I lived in, uh, my father had papers on that house. And one of the guys that lived in that house back in the day, we're talking about a house that was built around 1848, that one of the guys was a musician. And he kept music equipment in that very room where we were recording. And you could hear a voice. It was very, uh, I don't know how to word it. It almost had like a demonic voice, but it almost had like a kid voice. 
So could, could you make out what the voice was saying? Somewhat you could make it out. If you really listen to it a lot, you could make it out. So I'm, I'm sure you've listened to this a lot over the years. Every once in a while you pull, pull this out. What do you think was being said on that recording? I really don't know. I mean, it sounds like you can make it out, but it sounds like you can't. You really, you know, it would be interesting to put it on some, um, you know, modern equipment today and listen to it over. In fact, years ago, the guy that did it with me, he put it on a CD. So I actually have a copy of it somewhere. If I dig far enough, I can find this CD. I still have it. And I don't know. It sounds, it just has a weird sound. And one day, you know, we can sit down and experience that if you want, because I still have it. Actually, you you played it for me before I've heard it. Yeah. But it's been it's been a long time since I heard it. Now, uh, we talked a little bit about Mr. Sellers. Yeah. Okay. And so you know a little bit more about the history of Mr. Sellers than I do. What do you know about Mr. Sellers, the ghost? And how do we know it's Mr. Sellers that's in that house? When I was a kid... In that closet upstairs, when you go upstairs, to the left, there's a closet. When you go in there, there are two photos. One photo shows a man with a kind of like a beard thing and with like a dress suit type thing on. I don't remember if he had a tie on or not, but it looks very dressy. And then there's a photo with like three photos of a child. But anyhow, I remember seeing this photo all the time. And my father all showed it to us, but he told us not to mess with it, to just leave it alone. Anyhow, the night I saw that man at the bottom of the bed, that was the same man in the photo. I can assure you of that. It was definitely that man. Wow. that's So you looked at this photo, and, and you identified that that was the man inside the bedroom. Yes, I have. And through our family, they told us when we were younger that that was Mr. Sellers. And the history of that actually is Mr. Sellers owned that house at one particular time. I don't know if it was 100 years before that or, or 150 years, but he was an owner of that house. So do we have any idea, uh, have you ever heard how he might have passed away? Do we, do we know anything about that? No, actually we don't. In fact, uh, about five days ago, I went on Google to actually look it up, and I can't find anything about him. Now, maybe I can do some further and find it, possibly go to the Knox Library and, you know, check that out. But I couldn't find anything out about him. I remember my dad having paperwork to the house, which had a history of it, so I can definitely identify that there is a Mr. Sellers that owned that house at one time. Now, what's, what's interesting is since I've recorded the first episode of Brave the Basement, I actually... Uh, had emailed to me the photos of the baby. Oh, really? Yeah, so I have the pictures of the baby. Uh, I, they didn't have a picture of, of the man, but there are two photos of the baby. Unfortunately, uh, there's not a year on it. I wish there was a year on it, but uh, you could tell. I mean, not only is it a black and white photo, but just from the clothing that the baby's wearing, it's very old-style clothing. Almost looked like a little because back then, if you look at a lot of baby pictures, um, boy or girl, they would always dress him like a dress. Right. So, I believe it's a it's a boy, uh, and it, the boy's got this dress on. So, it, obviously, the same pictures you remember seeing. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, there was one photo, one big piece of cardboard photo paper from back in the day, and it had, like, I think maybe two or three photos on it. 
So so to backtrack a little bit, because um, we, we were talking about the first experience that you had, and you believe that you've seen Mr. Sellers. Um, you said that you went outside and you had a gun. Now, in, in the last episode, I had mentioned that you had slept in my driveway. Yeah. And so um, one thing I, I failed to, to explain in the last episode was your house is right across the street from mine. Right. So... And you're what six three, six four. You're three three hundred pounds. So you're you're a big strong guy. You've always been a big strong guy, right? And uh, you were supposed to babysit me the next day. That's true. And we, when we woke up in the morning, your car and you are in the driveway and you're sleeping. Yes, that's actually correct. What happened was we were so scared. Like I said, there were a lot of stories growing up about the house, and you know. I just denied it. Maybe it's because I was a kid and I was too worried about maybe my mini bike or something. I don't know. But at that time, I saw something and I was scared. It got late that night. The electric did come back on the house, by the way. And I went back in the house, told my girlfriend what happened. And it was getting around the time where I had to take her home, which she lived about seven miles away. And I told her, well, I'm going to take you home. And she was worried about me. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I go, believe me, I will take care of this. But I am not sleeping in that house. This is the one time in my life I am not going to sleep there. It was just the craziest thing that ever happened. So I ended up taking her home, and I took my dad's gun with me. And I literally said, well, I remember I had to babysit you. It was around, I don't know if it was two days before Christmas or two days after. I do remember that. It was the dead of winter. And I said, I'm going to pull my car into their driveway, which you guys had a real small driveway, I got out of the car. I had a big winter coat on. I got into the passenger side, holding the gun. I put the seat back, and I fell asleep. And that, and I slept the whole night in your driveway in the cold because I was so scared. Now, if that don't, you know, make you think I saw something or not, it sure did me. And I still, I'm sitting here right now, and I got chills from it. I still got chills from it. Now, I remember, uh, I don't remember exactly what my parents were doing that next day or, or why you had to watch me. But we went back to the house about midday, and I remember that. And I remember you, just some small things like uh, there was a gallon of milk that was sitting on a counter. And you said, I put this milk away last night. And I remember you grabbing the milk to put it away, and it was ice cold. I mean, ice cold. Not like it had set out all night. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And and there was just a, a couple other items that just seemed like misplaced, just not not where it should have been. So whatever happened after you left, we'll never know. Right, right. And you know that's strange because I remember going upstairs to my bedroom, and you know I noticed some of my stuff was turned over. I had a guitar on a guitar stand, and it was turned over. And I would never do that myself. And you know the cold milk, I cannot explain that. To this day, I can still not explain it. Now, I've went back to that house, you know, my parents lived there for quite some time afterwards, and I never really had a problem again, but I always had more of a sense something was going on. But that episode that night made me a true believer in the unknown. So the story that I told in that house was distinctly someone walking up and down the stairs and walking back and forth from that same closet that those pictures were in back to the bedroom that you, that you were in, the same bedroom that you recorded that song with a friend. 
Did you ever hear that walking back and forth? I mean, it was all night long. Yes, you heard all kinds of stuff. It's an old house. And, you know, my father used to explain that the house kind of, you know, moves a little bit. And the stairs always made a noise. Like I said, when I was a kid, I was involved with music and my mini bikes and stuff like that. So I pretty much ignored it because my mom and dad, they really wanted me to sleep downstairs all the time. And even at a young age, I wanted my privacy. So I refused to sleep down there. I wanted to be upstairs where I could be left alone and do what I wanted to do. So after that, other than maybe just hearing a few things here and there, that was that was the, the biggest thing you've ever seen inside that house. Yeah, that was the biggest thing I've ever seen there. I've seen small things over years, you know, like driving by there and seeing, you know, like somebody walk across a window. I've seen that a few times. There was one year, a few years back, where we were walking about 1 o'clock in the morning, and we seen a figure on the roof. Like going into those, uh, my bedroom, you know, had the two windows. It looked like they were walking in there. We've seen things since then, but I just, you know, now I'm a believer. So it's like, uh, it figures, it's normal. I kind of look at it that way. But at the time, it really scared me. And to this day, I still get scared just kind of thinking about what I experienced. Because I'm a person, I just don't believe in anything until I see it. And when I saw it, I totally believed. So is there is there anything more that I, that I missed on the last episode about grandma and this guy that she's seen washing the dishes. Cause I mean, I, I constantly heard this. It was almost a weekly thing that was brought up when I was young. Mom saw a lot of things and you know, she's seen uh, everything in that house over time, but she always downplayed it. And especially when her grandkids come over, she wanted to downplay that. Yeah. Cause she always said, Oh, I never seen anything. And the only thing she would ever talk about was the guy that she's seen outside. Yeah, that was constant. And by and you can mention the, the second house next to us, which they had issues there as well. So it could have been part of that as well. But she always told me not to scare the kids by telling too much of what we may have seen or known. And that's exactly what I had always thought uh, when Grandma would downplay all these things because there was just too many stories in this house uh, things that you had seen, things that I had seen, things that your sisters have told. Because I'm not the only one that had the experience with uh, someone walking back and forth. That actually came from one of your sisters as well. And I didn't hear that story until after it had happened to me. Well, Uncle Junior, I'd like to thank you for coming on the podcast today. It's been a real joy to have you. Hope to have you back again, if you're willing to come back on Brave the Basement with us. Yes. All right. So if you'd like to become a Brave the Basement ghoul, be sure to share this show on social media. Uh, you can go to bravethebasement.weebly.com and sign up for our newsletter to get all the latest news and updates when each episode has been posted. If you have a ghost story you would like to share with us, you can reach us at bravethebasement at gmail.com. Your story can make it on the show and be featured on the website. And that brings us to the end. We hope that we brought you just a little fright. And remember when you are up late at night and you hear something in the other room that just doesn't seem right. It's okay if you need to turn on the light to protect yourself from things that go bump in the night. I'm your host, the Ghoul That Rules, and I hope you join us again. Until next time.